In today's episode, we talk with Krista of Motherhood Simplified. We talk all things decluttering, decluttering toys, decluttering uh, baby clothes, and all of the things that we tend to hold on to as mothers and how this can free up mental space and emotional space and can turn into being impactful in other areas of your life in terms of your finances, your fitness. And so we are so honored to have her on our podcast. There are links in the show notes to connect with her. She has a free Facebook group. She has her website. She also has uh, a podcast of her own that we would love for you to follow and learn from her. There's also a free guide that you can download with 22 simple things that you can start doing to declutter your home. And it's a great place to start. She also has some great courses for decluttering toys and decluttering clothes. If you've got the little ones in the house and are ready to start cleaning some things out, click on the links in the show notes and we hope you enjoy this episode. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. We have another amazing interview today with Miss Krista Lockwood of Motherhood Simplified. And as you guys know, we just did our detox week a few weeks back. Um, we talked about it on the podcast. We posted, uh, you know, in our Fit Mom Facebook group. And detoxifying your life is so, so helpful because not only does it make you feel better about your space and your environment, but it helps you so much mentally and emotionally. And so we are going to talk today, you know, with Krista, all things decluttering. And if you've got toddlers out there or you have friends that have toddlers, please share this episode. Uh, please you know, give Krista a follow as well because she's taken her time today to come on and share her expertise with decluttering. So welcome, Krista. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this because I, I talk about decluttering all the time. And one of the biggest things that I happen for moms specifically, but anybody who declutters is that it clears up a bunch of space for them to do things like focus on their physical health. There's three main things that they, that people do and physical health or improving their nutrition is one of them finances. And then their relationships, mm-hmm. all three happened for me after we decluttered our house. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you about it today. Awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I apologize for my nasally my children have been getting me sick for the past three months straight. So I apologize in advance. This isn't what I normally sound like, but I would love if you could kind of give us a little bit of a background around like how you got into this. What is your history with this? What made you want to, you know, create ultimately like kind of a career out of it? Um, What give us a little bit of information about you and what led you to this? Yeah. So I am a mom of five. We have five kids total. Um, I, found out about decluttering by accident because back in 2013, my husband and I were born and raised in Alaska and we're both entrepreneurs and Alaska's pretty tiny. And he was like, what do you think if we just moved, you know, out of Alaska somewhere near a big city or in a big city and just got an opportunity to like grow our businesses and and do something bigger than live in Alaska? And I was like, okay, like nobody ever does that. That's kind of you know, bold of you to say. And then the next week he had an interview in Florida for a position and accepted it on the spot. And they 
told him, you know, go back to Alaska, you know, in six weeks, get your family, you know, settled, figure out how you're going to get here. And then we'll see you in six weeks. And then when he got to Alaska, like a couple days later, they were like, just kidding. We need you here next week. And so, yeah, so he went down to Florida, which is like the furthest point on the continent that you can go staying <laughs> in the United States and left me behind with the three kids. I say he left me behind like he's like just it's just but he had to go get a house and cars and everything in Florida. I stayed behind with our three kids at the time. And when we did the math to like try and figure out like are we going to bring our stuff with us? It didn't add up. It's so expensive to ship stuff Alaska to Florida and we tried to get creative with, you know, like shipping on pallets or just lots of different options. None of them made sense. And so I stayed back and got rid of all of our stuff other than what fit into our suitcases. He got us a house that ended up being furnished so we didn't have to like rush into getting big things like couches, beds, all of that, and got rid of all of our stuff. And I, I at that point, I didn't know that like decluttering was a thing people did on purpose. I didn't know that like minimalism or like simplicity was like this thing that you could you could do to create space in your life for more than just cleaning up the same messes all the time or spending your weekends and nights just trying to catch up inside of your home. And when we got to Florida, it was the most bizarre experience because I went from owning a business, which I owned a little preschool, so I also had to declutter the school. (laughs) Um, But I went from having my own business, like making pretty good money, being surrounded by my family and my friends who I had grown up with and always been around to having no support system, culture shock because Alaska to Florida is completely different, (laughs) having to work two jobs to make ends meet while my husband was building up a business from the ground essentially. And on paper, like I should have been way more overwhelmed and way more stressed out, but I was for some, for some reason I wasn't, and I couldn't figure it out like for the longest time for like four years until we had another baby. And I met some friends who were really overwhelmed by having a baby and they were complaining, not complaining, but you know, like talking about like, I'm so behind on laundry all the time. I'm so behind on dishes. Like the kids messes never end. And I wasn't feeling that with our fourth baby. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like with our first three kids, I was, and now I'm not. And we did this thing inside of our Facebook group because we were like in the postpartum phase getting to know each other where we did house tours. And what we did was show each other our houses. And the point of it was to like show each other like, hey, we're not the only one with a messy house. Like we're not the only one drowning in laundry piles. And when it got to be my turn, all of my friends were like, hang on. Like we all agreed that like we wouldn't stage the, this. Like <laughs> we would show each other our dirt. And I was like, I'm, I'm not staging it. And it was at that point that I started to realize like, oh, life got really easy. Once I got rid of all of that stuff. Now, I, I definitely do not recommend just getting rid of everything and starting over with a suitcase of stuff. We reaccumulated our stuff, but never to the point that we did before where it was like so overwhelming to where we lived out of laundry baskets and the toys were just like all over every corner of the house and I could never catch my breath. Uh, the biggest thing that changed was our house became a place where I could rest and relax and actually recover instead of coming home and it feeling like more work. Um, so I, I accidentally stumbled into it, but it was the greatest thing ever. And now I teach moms how to how to do that as well without being so extreme yeah. like we did. 
That's amazing. <laughs> speaks to my soul. Yeah. I feel like my husband set this up somehow. <laughs> my husband is like very, very neat and clean and I'm kind of the opposite. Um, you know, yeah. There's not really much else to say about that. That's just, and I, I, you know, it's, it's again, it's like, I feel like there's just so much stuff. We have a three-year-old little boy and a seven month old and like the bottles and the sanitizer and the four, like I left the house this morning and everything is still on the counter. Cause I was rushing to get to Liz's house and I was like, you know, I'll clean it up tonight. And, but Nick's going to freak out if he sees this before. <laughs> like It's like, there's just so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I'll just share a little bit about this because I think it, anybody who is listening out there, you might be thinking, well, like, I can't just get rid of my kids' toys, right? I can't just get rid of all my stuff because the kids play with it. They need it. So a little story. So my mother-in-law, she is here two days a week and she um, is Russian and she takes care of uh, my son, Marcus. And then he goes to school the other three days. So one day she gets this garbage bag out and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And she said, Marcus says he wants to throw away some toys. I said, okay, this garbage bag was filled to the brim it's been sitting in our garage since that day. And it's amazing because everything stays much cleaner. Now, I will say we did replace it with a Lego set and he's been building Legos and stuff. But there's probably a good 30 to 40 toys in there that he hasn't missed. He hasn't touched it. And it's kept our living room, which used to be Becca knows when she would walk in. I mean, just stuff everywhere, much cleaner. And it really made me take a step back and say like, we don't, he doesn't need these things right? Like he plays with a couple of things, but he doesn't need every toy out there. And I think his parents, especially his first time parents, and maybe you felt this way too, you're so excited for them that you want to get them these little things. And then when they're a little older, you think that they need something new and then, you know, they age again. And now we got to get this cool toy or your aunts and uncles or whoever is sending it to you. But at the end of the day, it's also overwhelming for the kids. And so I don't know if you've ever delved into like the research behind that, but I do know that some of, you know, the research I've done and, you know, in therapy, they show you can overstimulate the kids with all of these toys as well. And that can lead to like ADD, ADHD, things like that, because they just can't stay focused and concentrate. So share a little bit about that. I know we had this kind of later in the conversation, but let's dive into the toys since we're here. Um, What was the biggest realization for you and and the little ones when you guys moved uh, and left all of that behind? Yeah. One quick thing about leaving the bottles on the counter. Like I will say that is me 100%. Like, don't feel bad about that because even after decluttering, like I'm explosively messy. It's just easier for me to recover from the mess now because there's less stuff for me to like, you know, they're all over the place. But when it comes to the kids stuff, so I'm, I'm a teacher by trade. That's what I started my career off as. And I, I didn't want to go into traditional teaching. And so I ended up becoming Montessori trained. And so I have actually a lot of really good experience with both like my kids experience with toys and then seeing it in practice in classrooms. And there's a couple really like in my face experiences that I had. The first one was when I had my very first teaching position and was in charge of a classroom on my own. And similar to my beliefs as a new mom, I felt like my kids needed all the things, right? Like more is better, more variety. Um, We are marketed to very well and like being sold educational toys and, you know, slapping the label like Montessori toys on it, which is not actually a thing. Like Montessori doesn't actually have toys. Like they have, anyway, that's like a, a jargony, like semantics type thing that doesn't really matter, but it convinces us like we need these things and our kids are going to, you know, not 
be as well off if they don't have them. So I was doing, I was like deep in that with my, my kids, buying all the things. And then in my classroom, I did the same thing where they gave us supplies and I was like grabbing all of them. I'm like, we need everything. Like we need all the glue, all the glitter, like every single block, just it never ended. And my director came in and she was like, how's this working out for you? And I'm like, it's, it's really not like, I feel like every single day, all I'm doing is like telling the kids no, but it, it wasn't working out because the kids were overstimulated and that's what she was trying to tell me. But I wasn't to a point where I could understand what she was trying to tell me. Cause I'm like, well, I'm a teacher. Like I want to do the fun things. I want to give them experiences, but it was too much to manage. And the kids were very like in hindsight, my classroom was so overstimulated just with all of the things that I had on the wall all of the options that I had on the shelves that they never really got a chance to play with it. And the same thing was happening in my house where like my kids would pull things out and throw them around and kind of like experience it a little bit and sample it, but they weren't actually playing with the majority of the stuff that we had. They had their favorites that they would go to and they would be playing around things. And of course, you know, if I were ever to say like, we're going to get rid of this, they would cling to it and be like, but I love this. It's my favorite. But it wasn't until I, you know, tried to take it away that they were interested in having it at all. Um, and so it took me a few years, even after that moment with that director to realize like, oh yeah, like these kids are very overstimulated. They need less. And I think as adults, we can all kind of relate to walking into a house or a space and like having stuff everywhere and feeling overwhelmed and not knowing like, what to do first. Like, okay, the house, I've got to catch up on the housework, but I don't even know what to do first. Or maybe you do know about decluttering. You're like, I don't even know what to do first. If you feel that way, your kids feel that way, but even stronger. And so then we get into these cycles where we're like frustrated with ourselves. We're frustrated because our kids aren't cleaning up and it's, it's nothing that's wrong with you. It's nothing that's wrong with your kids. It's that you just have too much stuff to manage and nobody can adequately manage that amount of stuff. Um, so we moved to Florida, got rid of our stuff. And I had this amazing experience of living in a house that all of a sudden was super easy to just recover from. And it's not that my house is clean all the time. It's just easy to pick up, which had never happened before. And then I started applying that to classrooms. And an interesting thing that happened was that I was actually hired as a consultant for teachers who had kids with behavioral challenges or, you know, whatever you want to call them. And instead of me coming in and telling people like, maybe you should try this with a kid, right? Give them whatever it is that they thought that they needed. The very first thing we would do is declutter their classroom and make it less overstimulating. And people were typically resistant to that because they're like, well, I want like a reward system or I want some kind of way to redirect them. And what I had learned was that you can set up your environment to let your kids succeed, whether it's your kids in ho at home or it's your kids in your classroom. If you set the environment up to be less overstimulating and easy to understand and like know where things go, a lot of those things go away. Like the hyperactivity, the, the throwing, the fighting, like it go, it, it doesn't go completely away, but it does get drastically reduced. But then your job as the parent gets a lot easier too, because you can see what's actually happening, right? Instead of walking in and being like overwhelmed by all of the stuff and what's going on with your kids, you can kind of see it differently, a little bit more separated of like, you're looking overwhelmed, right? Or yeah. 
or whatever the, the thing is going on. So, so question, yes. what would you recommend yes. for parents that want to declutter, like do it when the child isn't around so they can't see you removing toys? Like, like you mentioned, it's, I, you know, I have a toddler, Liz has a toddler, like absolutely. They do not want something unless another child starts playing with it or, you know, you try to take it away. And so do you recommend like if they haven't touched it much in the past three months and do it while they're not around or do you have any like tips? Yes. So it depends a lot on their age and like where they're at. Um, for my kids, I have a two and a four year old, like three and a half is when I started including my three-year-olds. Before that, you know, they really don't have, they don't really have the capacity to like, to make decisions on things like that. You can tell them what you're doing. You can like have them hold the bag with you or, you know, show them if you want to at that point. But before then, I, I personally think that based on where their brains are at, you can make those executive decisions for them. And then when they get a little bit older to start including them in the process without putting all of the pressure on them to make the decision. Um, I think that's where a lot of moms get hung up is like finding that balance between leading them, like being the leader and guiding them toward making a decision that you know is going to be best for them or, you know, letting them make all of the decisions, which just doesn't work. And so you can do things like say, you know, if you look at our toy room or your bedroom or whatever it is, we have so many toys that don't even fit in your toy shelf or they don't even fit in your closet. Like let's choose what you want to keep in your closet. And then we're going to put the rest of these in a bag and I'm going to take them somewhere else. Right. Or I'm going to put them in a bag and I'm going to give them to some other kids. Um, But I do think if they're able to like notice when things are gone and have questions about it, you can start to include them in those ways where you're, you're still, you know, you know what's best for them. So guiding them down that road of like, here's how we can do it. And they might be really resistant. Like the one in the video behind me, she has taught me so much about this because she will go behind me and like pull string out of the trash because it's like her favorite string ever. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> like we have more string. Like it's okay. Um, or she'll look at pictures of like clothes that she wore when she was two and she's like I miss that dress so much like why'd you get rid of it and I'm like because it didn't fit you anymore like I I don't know I just got rid of it um so yeah if you can include them while still being a strong leader and guiding them you know through their decision making process I recommend that and I also recommend doing your own stuff first because you might have your own hesitations, right? Like resistance to letting things go for whatever it is. And if you do it yourself first, you'll have a better understanding of what that feels like. Um, you know, and it's kind of like the do as I do, not mm-hmm. as I say type mentality. We all want to learn from a leader who's done it and doesn't just talk about doing it. So I also recommend that. And you can include them in decluttering your stuff, right? If you're going to do your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can remind them. Remember when we did this in the bathroom? Like we kept all the things in here and then we got rid of the other stuff. We're going to do the same thing with your stuff now. And gives you a a new degree of credibility with them. Yeah. That was one thing that was fun when we were doing our detox week. We Mm -hmm. started with, you know, cleaning out the closets. And so um, I had Marcus help me in my closet first and, you know, let him put the things into the bag. And then, you know, we eventually went to his room and stuff. And it's interesting that your daughter says that because Marcus has asked me a couple times for a very specific toy. And I ask him where it is. And he says, you know, Baba, 
trash or not trash, but bag and, you know, the garage. And so then we'll go out there and he can get it. And then we just leave the rest out there. We haven't decided, you know, are we donating these? (laughs) I haven't even looked through it myself yet. But I think that's really great advice to do your own things first and lead by example, and then to include them. We have a little rule in our house and I will be very transparent and say that I don't follow it all the time. But my husband's rule is one in, one out. Like if you get a new pair of shoes, find another pair of shoes to donate or toss out because otherwise these things just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. So let's, um, I do have a question and I would love to know kind of your thoughts on this for parents who, you know, are continuing to expand their family. What do you say to them about all of the baby clothes? Because I know for me, um, you know, we don't know if we're going to have a boy or girl, but we have received quite a few gifts from family members uh, that, you know, it's just an excessive amount. And so I've organized them. I've put them, you know, by um, time of, you know, or age group, I should say, or seasons. What do you say to somebody, you know, with that? Because I think sometimes, you know, I find myself like, should I hang on to this? And then the other part of me is I just want to get rid of all of it and, you know, consign it or donate it to people in need. And then when the time comes, okay, if we need new things, then, you know, we can get new things at that point. Because I think there's a lot of parents that even if they're finished having kids, hold on to clothes for one reason or another. So what are your thoughts about that? Yes. Okay. So first thing is that whatever you decide to do is totally okay. I think sometimes, especially when we get gifts from family members and friends, we feel somewhat obligated to keep it, right? Like it's really nice stuff and it was their money and it was a gift. And what if they get upset or whatever? Um, You're, you can, do whatever you want when somebody gives you a gift, right? The gift is in the giving and like the thought of somebody giving you those things. You're not obligated to keep it forever. And when it comes to stuff like that, like baby stuff specifically, <clears throat> like we have five kids and that stuff is so abundant. Like it's so easy to find if you need it in a pinch, even if, you know, you have to go to a consignment store and get it secondhand because you're on a really tight budget. Like it's so easy to get clothes are everywhere. Even things like bouncers or even cribs, like you can find cribs for so, so cheap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really easy to replace those things. And for me personally, I, I, my first three kids, I kept everything because I didn't know that there was any other way to do it. And we never used it again because we had a boy and then we had a girl and then we had a boy or yeah. And then we moved. And so I had like closets and a basement full of this baby gear that sat there for like five years, never getting used. And I was like, somebody totally could have used that within these last five years instead of it just sitting here. And so now that's like my, my stance on it. And when we had our last two who are just under two years apart, that was the practice I used as well. Like I got the, the bare minimum that we needed with our four-year-olds, you know, clothes, um, a baby carrier, whatever else came up after she was born that I was like, okay, we need this. Um, I didn't buy much before we actually had her other than the bare essentials. And then I gave it to people cause I didn't know, I knew we were going to have one more, but I didn't know when. And I just, for me and my personality, like it was all like mentally draining to think about mm-hmm. storing stuff, which probably sounds kind of silly to some people, but I'm like, it just sounds like a lot of work. Like, it sounds like a lot of work to like, keep it stored, label it, remember what's there. Then when the baby comes, like sort through it all, decide what we need or don't need. Um, 
so if you don't, if you don't know when you're going to have a baby and I don't want to tell you what to do, cause I'll probably say this and then you'll like, you know, get pregnant. You're like, I got rid of everything. And Krista said, get rid of it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the worst that happens is that you have to, you have to get it again. Yeah. And yeah. the best thing that happens is you give somebody some amazing baby stuff and they're so grateful and you get to give them that so that they can actually use it. Yeah. So I love that. I do too. I, I, the only thing that I will say is like a toxic trait of mine is putting it all in bags in my trunk and then never taking it anywhere. And it sits in my trunk for months because I never make it to the consignment shop or (laughs) Goodwill or wherever I go. And so like, I need, I I know that there's a once upon a child very close to our house. So like that is my, I am also though very unorganized with when I put it away because I get upset and frustrated and I'm like, I just want this out of the room. And so I just throw it all into a bin versus my amazing sister and sister-in-law both had girls before I just had a girl and have like all of the things organized into age group and folded and in bins for me. And I realized that I just like throw things in bags <laughs> just to get it out. <laughs> and so hopefully the, the consignment shop doesn't get upset when I bring them just like unorganized bags of really wrinkled clothes. But anyways, um, I love that idea. And I think something too that can help maybe is how you approach that. Because I think the overwhelmingness of like, I have so many areas of my house that I would like to declutter. Um do you have any tips on, you know, how to even get begin? Like in my mind, I'm like, maybe I just take 10 minutes a day and start with my closet and kind of go from there. But like, do you have any effective tips that are maybe more, more experienced and tried and true than my random thought in my head? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, there's two spaces that I recommend moms start with often. And I think the people who like are in my space are so sick of hearing it, but they do it and it works. And that is like just under your sink. It can be your bathroom sink or your kitchen sink, but start by doing under your sink because it's something that you can do relatively quickly. There's nothing very sentimental or super overwhelming under your sink, right? Like if you think about going through clothes, like that's a big task, like that's daunting. Even toys is like daunting, overwhelming. You have to include other people, you know, if you're including your kids under your sink, you can just do it. Like you can just throw those old cleaners away. You can consolidate duplicates that you forgot that you had, right? Like a lot of times we have multiple cleaners that you can just put it into one thing or sponges or rags or tools or who knows what else. Like when we left Alaska, I was like horrified by what was under my sink. I had bags of like papers that I was like, why did I, why did I throw these under the sink? Why are they there in the bathroom? It's probably because it was like after work one day, I'm trying to get the kids a bath. I'm just like throwing under the sink, but Um, start with under your sink. You'll get it done. You'll realize that it wasn't so hard. You'll feel good about it. It's a quick win. And because it was so easy or or maybe not necessarily easy, but because it was so simple and you were able to do it, you'll carry that momentum onto maybe like the top of your sink and you'll have space to move all that stuff on top of your counter into your cabinet or you know, go through your bath towels or your linen closet next, because you're in that area, you're in the zone, you're, you're, you're going or your spice cabinet, because a lot of us, the same thing, like there's a lot of duplicates in there. There's expired spices. The oldest spice we've found in our Facebook group is from like 1962. (laughs) Like they had received spices from their parents. I don't know, but almost everybody has like expired spices and it's just a simple space that 
makes your everyday life easier because you have to go in there every day if you're cooking from home or, you know, a few times a week at least. But also it's so simple that you'll carry that momentum on and move on to like the cabinet right next to it, which is, you know, your mugs and your water bottles or your shaker cups or sippy cups, right? Or like dishes. And you can just be like, all right, I did the spices one so bad. I'm in the mode. I'm in the zone. I'm going to do this too. And those are specific areas of your house that will have an impact on your day. And you'll, again, you'll not only have that quick win, but you'll also feel like it's working instead of like trying to do something like your closet. And you're like, I tried and I I just don't feel like it really did anything for me. Right. Like, like when am I going to feel better? Yeah. I love that. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I was thinking about this in my mind. Momentum, right? Just you have to gain traction, start taking action in some way, shape or form to gain traction. And supplements, I would I would say, you know, that's one thing when my husband and I moved, we used to own a gym. And then obviously being in the nutrition industry, we have a variety of supplements. And one of the things I found was from 2012 when we moved in 2017, and we weren't even together in 2012. And so I'm like, how did this even make it with us through the last two moves that we've had? Like, you know, because I think oftentimes we just put it in, you know, the moving box and we just take it with us or whatever. So I love that. I think that's a both very, very, very good tip. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more just around like how decluttering your physical space echoed in your thoughts and your feelings. And like, I know you mentioned that was a catalyst um, into diving into therapy as well. So if you want to expand on that, I'd love to dive into that. Yes. So in Alaska, the cycle that I was in was consume a whole lot of stuff, like buy my kids for a lot of different like buy my kids love, you know, make sure that they have, you know, things that will make them the most educated they can possibly be, have the best experiences, not really knowing that there was a limit to what I could fit inside of my house. And I was just really overwhelmed. Like every day felt like I was just trying to clean up, organize toys, try to get to bed on time, like make dinner, like manage all of the things that you have to manage in a day, pay attention to my kids, pay attention to my husband, you know, work out, pay attention to myself. Um, and it was so exhausting. It was just like the, there was this never ending to do list in my mind. And it was mostly full of pointless things like, and not pointless in that we don't have to do them, but the dishes, you know, are still stacked up and I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking about it because I didn't get them done. And I'm going to wake up in the morning and my kids are going to be hungry and I'm going to be annoyed that there's dishes in the sink, like little things like that, that just really consumed a lot of my mental energy and also my emotional bandwidth, because I was always trying to, you know, I was always so frustrated and always spread so thin and then, you know, being snappy and irritated and then feeling guilty because I just dropped my kids off at daycare and we were so rushed and I snapped at them because they couldn't find their shoes. And now I'm leaving them for the day to go to work and I just feel like crap. And so my mental and emotional bandwidth were just maxed out by all of these things inside of my home. And like I said, I just didn't know. I didn't know that there was such a correlation between that until we got to Florida. And I think it was, it was really soon. It was like, two weeks max after we had gotten into Florida and my dad called me and he was like, Hey, how's it going? I just want to check in on you. And at that point I hadn't really talked to him and I just started crying. And I was like, I don't know. Like everything's great. I love it here. Like the job potential is amazing. Um, but I really feel like I'm just sitting here with my thoughts all day and 
I'm realizing that I feel really disconnected from my kids. I feel really disconnected from my husband. And I feel like I have all of these things that I want to do and I've never done them before. And I feel like I'm just not where I want to be in my life. And, you know, part of it is probably because we moved and made such a big change. But I also know that it was because really I didn't have anything consuming my thoughts anymore. And I very specifically remember like getting to the end of our day, getting the kids in bed, the house is clean. There were no dishes in the sink, which was like one of my number one like stressors was the freaking dishes. (laughs) And I was always complaining that like my husband never helped with the dishes and he did the dishes that night. And I remember like looking at him and being like, he did the dishes, like everything is done, even the laundry. And I'm so annoyed by him. Like I just can't even be around him. And it was because we had all of these underlying issues, like just not like big things, but, you know, communication and not making time for each other and not making time to connect in the ways that were meaningful to us that now we had time to do it and we had like nothing to do but address it. And so, yeah, after that conversation with dad, I was like, I think I need to go to therapy because I just don't (laughs) feel great. And I don't know why. And it was totally just like silence. That to-do list was gone. And it was like this big, huge light on all of these other things that I really before wanted to address, wanted to be better at, but I just couldn't find the time to do it because it was like, I'm going to bed and I'm thinking about dishes. Yeah. It Um, like opened up that space in your mind for all of the things that were actually going on, but the clutter kind of drowned out. And it's, you know, I, I think a lot of people live that way. A lot of people live not even realizing that maybe their marriage isn't as fulfilling or they're not very happy with their personal life because they hide, especially moms. I think moms do this the best in, in a bad way. Um, they kind of hide behind being a mom and well, I, you know, I just always have the kids stuff and I, I never have time to eat. I never have time to exercise. I'm, you know, waking up with the kids early or, and it's like, we take on, it's like a badge of honor for moms, you know, to, to constantly be busy. Um, but once you can declutter, you can finally address yourself and the things that you want to improve on to improve your life ultimately. And I think that's scary for a lot of people, right? Like no one wants to address hard things. No one wants to face hard things and things that may have been neglected and at the end of the day only we can really kind of I don't like to say blame ourselves for that but like it's things we created you know and so it's it's us to face them then um so can you talk a little bit about like what that's transformed into in your life um you know hopefully all better things (laughs) yes yeah they are all better and to your point too about the busy like the busy badge of honor I totally, I totally had that in Alaska and, you know, like you get with your friends and you talk to moms of like, uh, everything's so busy, like, you know, spend all this time doing these things. And then I remember making friends in Florida and not, not being able to say that, but still like finding myself saying that, like specifically when people would come over to our house and they're like, wow, your house looks great. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm always cleaning. (laughs) But I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just so, that was such a big part of my life that it was, it was really scary to let it go. Like to the point where it's embarrassing to admit, but I lied about it to where like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy all the time. Like uh, husband never helps with the dishes and he did. Um, but it, it just didn't matter because we had so much work to do in the house that we really needed like three or four adults to keep up on it. Um, 
But the, I mean, the biggest transformation started for me with therapy and being like, I guess I, I guess I should like address this stuff. Like what's going on? Why do I feel this way? And that was one of the biggest ones. The other big one for us was like transforming our finances to where, I mean, I used to spend every Saturday going to like our local consignment store and finding my kids cute things, you know, or the target like dollar aisle and being like coming home with a bag full of stuff that they were really excited and that drains your budget. Um, and so kind of shifting that naturally happened. I think, um, I don't know if that happens for everybody so naturally, like it did for me, but I found myself like going to target and being like, I don't really want to buy this stuff. Like (laughs) kind of like how your room is right now where you have your toys that you love. Like, I don't really feel like we need to go get you something just to get you something. Um, so it changed, you know, our spending habits and our consumption habits that way, but it also changed because I used to, my house used to be so overwhelming to be in that I was always trying to find anywhere else to be, but home, which typically equated to spending money, Mm -hmm. right? Either spending money on like a trampoline park or a movie or a long walk to target. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which I, I still enjoy that. I'm just in control of it now instead of, you know, doing it mindlessly and buying a bunch of stuff that we didn't actually want. Um, so it transformed our financial situation in the way that we view how we spend our money um, and not just how we spend our money, but what we actually buy for our kids and the kind of the values that we teach of like when we get things and why we get things, including things that you just want because you want them, right? That matters too, I think. It's not to mm-hmm. deprive yourself and be like, you can never get anything for fun. Um, and then the, the last one is our, you know, my, my mental and physical health, like overall health and emotional health. I've always been, you know, active and fit. I think growing up in Alaska was a part of that, but I, I no longer was able to say things like I can't work out because I just, I have kids, right. It was like, Oh, I need to work out because I have kids and I have time to do it. Like I really, I lost all of my excuses <laughs> when I, when we got rid of our clutter, I really lost a big bag of excuses of like, I'm too busy. I don't have time. And we actually had so much space in our house because we didn't have like <laughs> stuff in it that we now have like a gym in our house. And that's the priority to us is to have a full, you know, gym in our basement so that we can maintain our health physically decluttering the kitchen made it. So it was actually more enjoyable to cook from home. I can't even tell you like how many times prior to decluttering where it would be like, there's dishes and I'm going to have to do the dishes before I can actually make dinner. And there's going to be more dishes because we just ate. And so instead of doing that, I would just order a pizza or whatever, (laughs) you know, pick up a pizza on the way home because being in the kitchen, it was hard to cook in there. Like it just wasn't enjoyable. And so Basically, we created a home that supports, you know, our values and the lifestyle that we want and the things that we actually want to do instead of living in a space that made it really, you know, a lot more difficult to do any of those things or all of those things. Well, and I think when you're in that space, it's so overwhelming, right? You get paralyzed. We hear this a lot from clients when, you know, they start uh, in one of our programs is they're coming to us seeking solutions because they feel so overwhelmed with the amount of information that maybe they can find on Google or how many fad diets they've done in the past. And now they're just lost. 
and they've just been paralyzed. Like, where? what do I even go back to? Because what once worked wasn't working or I can't adhere or whatever. And I think that the same concept applies here, right? Because if you're in an environment where you're overstimulated and you are overwhelmed, you want to escape it. You don't adhere to, you know, following through with the things that maybe the goals that you've set, and then you feel just like paralyzed. Like, how do I get out of this space? So I love that because I think, you know, whether it is decluttering, whether it's your finances, whether it's relationships, um, your work environment, your home environment, all of those things, um, you know, can benefit from this. And that's, that's amazing. So share a little bit, you know, with our listeners where they can find you, where they can connect with you, what programs you offer, like how do you teach these things, you know, through your courses, um, you know, to actually help people get to a place where they feel free to do things, to get time back in their day, to let go of some of these excuses that they may have right now. And like you said, in terms of, okay, there's dishes, I got to do those first, then I'm going to have to make dinner, then do the dishes again, or I can't work out because I've got to get the laundry done or pick up the house. Share with our listeners, where can they connect with you? Because there's so many of them that I already am thinking about in my mind, even some of our clients. literally thinking for myself. Yeah. And I will say that cleaning, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, cleaning is the number one sore spot in our marriage. Like my husband and I love each other. I love him so much. The only, one of the only things that we ever argue about is cleaning because he loves to clean. We just moved into a 4,600 square foot house cleaning with two small children on the weekends. It like takes up all your free time, you know, when the kids are napping and it's like, I'm, you know, very eager to, I also would love if before you do that, can you give your thoughts on cleaning ladies, cleaning people? Get a cleaning lady. If you can afford a cleaning lady, get a cleaning lady. Um, Get one, especially if you have small kids. Like that was, um, I think that goes back to like, how do you want to live your life? Do you want to, even if your house is decluttered, even if your house is tiny Mm -hmm. and easy to clean, like, is that really how you want to spend your time? They're surprisingly affordable mm-hmm. and do very good jobs. And then one thing that I think might be helpful for you is like just a quick definition <laughs> real quick, because sometimes people get them like interchanged and that's decluttering, organizing, and then cleaning. Totally. So decluttering, yeah, is like getting it out of your house for good. And it's actually the only form of like getting your house in order that gives you a good ROI. Like if you organize things, it's going to come undone. You're going to have to do it again. You clean things. Of course, it's going to get dirty. You're going to have to do it again. You declutter it. It's gone and you don't have to do it again. And you also don't have to spend your time organizing that stuff or cleaning it or getting it out of your way so that you can clean. Organizing is just kind of piecing it all together into a cohesive system. And then cleaning is like, you know, scrubbing toilets and whatever. They all go together. But a lot of times, like the definitions just get a little bit mixed up and people sure. don't realize like if you declutter first, the rest gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know both of you mentioned, like, <laughs> I'm not picking on you. You've got the bag of toys that you decluttered and mm-hmm. are in the garage. And then I can't remember what you said it was. Oh, I just um, have so many clothes in the basement. It's like an entire wall yes. of our basement of clothes, yeah. of baby clothes. Yeah. 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 And for most people, the hardest part is actually like, you know, you go through the decision making process of like, we're going to get rid of these toys. And then they sit there and you've done all of that hard work. Like you've done the hard work of like going through it, packing it up, including your kids. And then it stays in the bag and then it potentially comes undone, right? Like they bring it all back in. Um, so when it comes to decluttering, like figuring out a way to follow through, whether it's setting a calendar alert or setting a date or whatever it might be, 
helps you be a lot more efficient too with like your cleaning and your organizing, but hire a house, a housekeeper for sure. Um, especially cause for us, it was it like a, it was always the argument between us too. It was like, you don't help clean up. And he's like, well, you don't either <laughs> yet. We both are doing it seemingly all the time. Yes. And it, it was definitely because we had just too much work to do. So it could be that you need help because you have a lot of kids or any kids at all, or it could be that there's just too much stuff in there to, to, to manage and having less can make that easier too. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I always think about. It's like, so we used to have a house cleaner and unfortunately she got in a really bad car accident um, and like injured her back and stuff. So she's not, she's been out of work and I just hadn't done my research. I'm very particular with like who comes in my home. That was one of my fears. Like, can I trust this person? Right. Um, so last week I got a referral and I'm like, I'm totally calling this lady to start coming every other week again, because what I found is more stress and frustration because not of the job itself. I don't mind cleaning it. I enjoy actually, cause then I declutter a little bit as I clean, but I was resentful to the fact that this is my Saturday and if I'm not working on my business now, I'm working on my home and I'm not present with Marcus and going and doing fun things, right? And so we had probably three weeks ago, I think it's been now, my husband and I tackled the whole house and we sat down at the end of the day and we we're like, that was the last time we're doing that. We will find somebody that we trust or we'll just be home while they're here. Um, I remember my mom, you know, growing up, she was always like, we leave the house so that we're not in anybody's way. Uh, but one of my good clients has a lady that she referred me and I'm like, we're going to do it. We're going to invest in it because how do you want to spend your time? I'd rather spend money on somebody coming and cleaning the house than my time. Right. And also when you're an entrepreneur, you know, your time, <laughs> what it's worth. and <laughs> We shouldn't be cleaning our house. No. No, no, no. Okay. But yes, please let let everyone know where they can find you and you know the resources that you offer and all the ways that you help. Yeah. So motherhoodsimplified.com has everything. It's got the podcast, blogs, courses. I do want to recommend the free guide because you guys both mentioned like feeling like thinking of ideas of things that you can do around your house. It has 22 spaces of your home kind of like under the sink and the spice cabinet that you can do quickly. And will have an impact. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but there's 22 of them in there. And then included in that little free guide is it's called the just in case workshop for all of that stuff that you're like, well, what if I need it? Or I think I should keep it just in case I need it. And I give you some questions to help you walk through that process so that you can ultimately make a decision on if it's really worth keeping or if you're just, you know, coming up with all the reasons in your head that you should keep it. And you really don't need to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love that. I think this is going to be an awesome podcast for a lot of our listeners to yes. have and hopefully utilize, you know, because uh, you know, it's putting it into action. It's taken it. And that's why I love that you have courses and things like that. Because I think sometimes a lot of people need, they need the guidance on the action, you know, because otherwise it's just a big pile of overwhelm. So I love that you've created this and yep. it's amazing. And I'm sure it's going to help. Yep. A lot of our listeners, um, you know, you guys, I'm telling you, connect with uh, Krista, join her Facebook group. She's got a free Facebook group. Um, download the guide, go to her website, follow her, because this is something that Beck and I, over the course of probably the last six to 12 months, we've talked about more and more. We've even done this in our business, right? Decluttering tasks that we don't need to be doing, delegating tasks, right? Looking at the stressors in our life and kind of taking evaluation. What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to say no to? Where can I delegate? And then reevaluating, you know, how we spend our time. What's the maximum amount of time that I want to spend doing XYZ tasks? And it's been a game changer because it's 
at least for me from the business side. And, and so I think a lot of this can help for even entrepreneurs or just, you know, people who are, um, you know, working mothers as well. You feel clearer, you're more productive, right? Maybe there is a hobby that you want to learn. Now you have time to do that. Maybe it's a promotion you want to apply for and you need to take a certification to get that promotion. Now you have time to do that because you're not stressed about all of these other things. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking your time today. And um, we really, really appreciate it. I think this is something that I will be taking action on this weekend. I will be my husband about tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.